So good morning, everyone. Hey, I want to welcome all of our campuses this morning, and uh, we're really excited to have all of you today. And uh, I just want to say, if it's like your first time with us on one of our campuses, I just want to let you know a few things, and that is this. First of all, we're starting a brand new series that you do not want to miss next Sunday. We do our sermons kind of like over a series of three or four weeks because you just don't want to be here for three or four hours. So what we do is we just break it into what we call a sermon series, hence like we're doing a series right now, finishing up today, a fully live. And let me just say um, this, even if you can't be here in person, we would love for you to be able to catch the sermons for the next four weeks, either on our website or app if you have to miss one. And I believe next week, whether you're a first-time guest or whether you've been here for years, uh, you really don't want to miss next next week's talk. Um, and, I, and I just want to say, especially if you're like you're in the first, second, third week of being here and you're trying to figure out if RCC is a place that you want to come back to, because next week we're really going to lay out kind of a new level of vision um, going into 2018 and years beyond uh, for RCC. So you really don't want to miss this uh, next four-week series. Now, this week we're wrapping up our Fully Alive series. If you've missed any of those, I would encourage you to go back and watch and listen to those online. Because for what we've been doing for the last two weeks is this. We've been looking at some amazing or an amazing statement that Jesus made. And and if you read the Gospels, you know that Jesus says some really amazing things. I mean, just absolutely amazing things that Jesus said. And I I really would encourage you to spend time in the Gospels because Jesus is just, I mean, he's so profound. He's just so, I mean, just, it's so life-changing when you really look into what Jesus says. And so for the past couple weeks... We've been focusing specifically on one statement that he said at the conclusion of an illustration or story that he told. In fact, here's the statement. Let's look at it again. John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, in week one of this series, we, what we did is we looked at the second half of this um, verse, and we, we just kind of focused on this statement that I have come that they may have life and may have it to the full. And the big idea, if you were not here the first week, Gavin Adams, he spoke for us, and, and the big idea that Gavin unpacked in week one is this. He said, you know, according to Jesus, no matter what your external circumstances, fully alive is fully available. Don't miss that. Fully living a life, fully alive is fully available. But the path to discover it, it's pretty narrow because it begins, and if you missed week one, we basically said it begins with believing and understanding that Jesus is the gate that opens the door to all of God's goodness. Don't miss that statement. You may want to write it down if you didn't get that. Jesus is the gate to God's goodness. And God's goodness is definitely worth discovering. And we're going to tell you why it's worth discovering. Because it's a full-time goodness that's fully available to every one of us. In fact, the Apostle Paul, I mean, he describes the goodness of God in a letter that he wrote to like one of the churches that he planted in the first century. Notice how he says or describes God's goodness to us in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. He says, but the goodness of God... Or the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Now, when you think about this list right here, most of us, if we would just experience like one of the fruit of the Spirit, it would be something like, wow, that is absolutely amazing. 
I mean, when you really look at this list, I mean, it's absolutely an amazing list. I mean, just think about, if you just experience full-time, one or two of these gifts of God's goodness, I mean, think about how much better it would make your life. I mean, just think, if you could just have peace full-time, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, no matter what goes on this next week, if you just had peace full-time, it would make our lives so much better. Or if you just had love, no matter what the circumstance or the situation around you, or no matter how people treated around you or treated you, and you always had love, and you just make your life so much better, or joy, I mean, no matter on Monday how bad Monday is, if you just had joy, think about how much better it would make your life. See, for most of us, just having one of these, maybe even patience or, or gentleness or faithfulness or self-control, I mean, 2018, we're starting to year. you know, if we could just have one of these, it would be so amazing, or one or two of these. Think about how much better, how much more alive your life would be. But here's what's so amazing about this statement that Jesus made in John 10.10. God doesn't just want us to experience one of these occasionally. God's goal for every one of us is that we find them present all the time in every situation, in every interaction, in every circumstance, whether that circumstance is good or bad. God wants you to experience, don't miss this, God wants you to experience full-time, fully alive goodness of God no matter what your external circumstances, whether they're good or whether they're bad. And Jesus is saying in John 10, verse 10, he's saying, it's possible. But he also reminds us, he says, you don't find it by accident. And here's why. There is something in each of our lives that has the potential to work against what God wants for us. Don't miss that. There is something in each of our lives that has the potential to work against what God has for us. And last week, we spent our time looking at that. In fact, Jesus, he called it the thief. So last week, we focused on the first part of John chapter 10, verse 10. And that is the opposition to living fully alive. I want you to notice it once again. He says, the thief, what does the thief come to do? Only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the thief does. It comes to Take away your opportunity to live fully alive. And last week we discovered the real thief that is keeping us from living fully alive is our unbelief. In fact, if you read the, um, the book of Hebrews and, and, and you listen to what the writer of Hebrews says, he said the children of Israel did not enter into the promised land because of their what? Their unbelief. So we said last week the thief is our unbelief. Now, for many of us, our argument would be, no, 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 you don't understand. The thing that's keeping me from being fully alive, the thief for me is my wife or my husband or my kids or my boss or my teacher or my job. But but when you really stop and you take the time to think about it, we, we know that's not really the problem. Because see, here's the thing we all know. We all know people who have like a worse wife than you do or a worse husband than you do or worse kids than you do or a worse boss or teacher or job or even a worse tragedy. 
or a worse situation than you do, and for some unreason, they are experiencing a better version of fully alive of life than what we are. And, and that's so confusing for so many of us because the truth is, every one of us, we want to find a way to experience fully alive on a full-time basis, don't we? See, while, while part-time of having joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness. I mean, while it's better than no time, part-time is better than no time. All the time is what God ultimately desires for every one of us, which means if you're going through life and, and you're only falling fully alive part of the time, it means we're missing out on what could be or should be all the time. See, the truth is this, every one of us, if we really stop and thought about it, We'd prefer to experience fully alive full-time, wouldn't we? we? We really would. And the reason we know that is because we felt like peace in a moment. Or we've had like joy for a season. And you know what? We want more of that. See, that, that's why we chase after the things that we chase after. It's like we go for those fully alive moments because we think, well, if I could just get enough fully alive moments, then I could be fully alive or I could live fully alive. And, and God says, no, 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 no. That, that's not what I have for you. He says, I have something so much better than that. I, I want to give you a fully alive life without you having to chase those fully alive moments. So what we want to do today is we want to consider how to make living fully alive. Get that. How to make living fully alive something that we experience on a full-time basis. And, and, and full-time is the critical word. Because, see, maintain, maintaining fully alive is, is probably a little bit more challenging than most of us imagine at first. And you know why it's, it's more challenging? Because the variables of life are always changing. See, think about it this way. Let's extend the statement. We prefer to experience fully alive full time, but our experience on Monday, it keeps changing. Our experience on Tuesday, our experience on Wednesday, our experience on Thursday, it just keeps changing all the time. I mean, you think about it this way. I mean, experiencing fully alive, it sure would be easier if we could just hold everything in life constant. You know, if we could just freeze time, if we could just freeze life. I mean, we're in that moment when we're experiencing fully alive and we go, okay, freeze everything. Let's just stay in this moment. See, if we could just figure out a way to attain and then maintain fully alive. But here's the reality. Life isn't constant. You know that. Our experience always changes. Situations change. Circumstances change. And because life is constantly changing and shifting, the fruit of the Spirit feels like more like the fruit of our circumstances. In other words, I have joy when things are going good, or I have peace when everything's kind of going it's calm, or I have love when everybody around me is lovely. I mean, think about it. You know, we, we kind of like, we find peace in a difficult financial situation, and, and we work through that financial situation, we find peace, and, and then we get this difficult diagnosis from a doctor, and it's like the peace all goes away, or, you know, being patient at times, which is a struggle for me, this whole fruit of patience is like, you know, being patient in a certain moment can be easy, but being patient as a person constantly, I mean, that, that's tough though, isn't it? Or, or like loving others is kind of natural when they're like lovely. 
But when they're unlovely, you know, isn't it tough? Or joy is kind of attainable, like you said, when things are kind of going your way. But maintaining that joy when the moments come and go, I mean, that is just so challenging. In this, or, or this one, you know, 2018, many of you, you, you know, you made some like New Year's resolutions. And, and self-control is kind of like, it feels kind of easy at the beginning, and you make this commitment that you're going to get financially in shape, emotionally in shape, you know, physically in shape, those kind of things. And then somebody shows up at work and they bring that food that you love but you shouldn't eat. And so you resist almost all day long and then finally nobody's around in like the break room and you just indulge yourself, you know. I mean, you kind of get the point, right? And that's how it works. Life is ever constantly changing. I mean, there's always challenges. I mean, our circumstances are ever evolving. And nothing, nothing is ever as ideal or nothing is ever as perfect as, as we think it should be or we dream it should be. So the question for today is this. In an ever-changing world, with ever-changing circumstances, how, how do we not just discover the path to fully alive, as we've been talking about for the last few weeks, but how do we find it and then how do we maintain fully alive, experiencing the goodness of God, his love and his joy and his peace and his patience and his gentleness and his kindness, all of those fruit flowing through us, no matter what our circumstances. In fact, maybe we could even ask this question this way. How can we ensure the fruit of the Spirit is always in season? Because some of you have had some things happen this past week or you're going to experience some things this next week and, boy, it'll quickly take the joy out of you. It'll quickly take the gentleness out of you or the love out of you. How can we ensure the fruit of the Spirit is always in season? Now, as we said last week, everything is spiritual, right? And uh, what we're trying to discover to this question is a spiritual answer. So what we're going to do this morning is we're just going to let us take G or let Jesus take us to and even through to this answer. So here's where we're going to go. John chapter 15, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to go there. Because John 10.10 10 is where we kind of started out in this series, and we spent last two weeks in that. But later in the book of John, John describes another illustration that Jesus gave. This time, though, John and his fellow disciples are really like the intended audience. So I want to kind of give you like the background to this moment to help you understand really um, what what the whole context is so you get the full impact of it. See, Jesus is like he's hanging out with his closest followers and he knows it's only going to be a couple days before he is crucified. And it's really, I mean, this, this is like hard to kind of wrap our minds around and get our emotions around, but Jesus knows what is about to happen. He, he knows the pain and the horror that awaits him in a couple days on the cross he knows that his disciples are going to abandon him and that they're going to run and they're going to spend time in hiding after he's crucified and then they're going to come out of hiding once he rises again. And then after that, he knows like a few weeks after that, he's going to ascend and he's going to go back to heaven. And these guys who he's still kind of training, they're going to be charged with launching the church. And so Jesus knows what's ahead. And he knows that he's not going to be physically present with them anymore and so he knows that these guys, they're going to experience so many different things on different days. I mean, it's like their emotions are going to be all over the place because the one they have their faith in, I mean, he's going to be crucified right before their eyes, and they're going to end up giving up hope. And it's going to be like, where is, where's hope? 
And then they're going to go through this trial with him, and they're going to see agony, and, and then they're going to, people are going to be threatening their lives. And, and, and Jesus knows, I mean, it's like their emotions and their circumstances, they're going to be ever-changing. And so Jesus, he sets them down, and he begins teaching them something that is critically important. If they're going to live fully alive lives with everything that they're in experience and go through, now, also understand that Jesus' disciples are very familiar with the illustration that Jesus is about to give because just outside of Jerusalem, it's like rows and rows of vineyards that cover the hills. And they, in fact, they probably walk through those vineyards on their way to the city. So with those two things in mind with the context, here's what Jesus says to them in John chapter 15. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Now, don't miss this very bold statement of Jesus. Because, see, if you study the Old Testament, you discover that Israel is described as the vine. Now, all of a sudden, Jesus comes along, and, and he's making this huge statement to these Jewish guys, these guys who are his disciples. He said, listen, I, I have a new truth for you. He says, I am the true vine. And that, that's a rather bold statement because that is counter to everything they've been told. They've been told, well, the nation of Israel is the vine. And Jesus goes, no, 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 I'm the true vine. And his point is this. He's saying, listen, you can't get, or what you, you can't get what you desire or what you need by just being Jewish. Being an Israelite isn't not enough to maintain a life of being fully alive. It's going to take so much more than that. And then Jesus starts getting really practical with him. Go to verse 2. He says, he cuts off, talking about the gardener, the father, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Now, this is kind of an important setup. See, whenever a gardener is like growing some kind of plant, I mean, a serious gardener is growing a plant, not like some of us who don't have a green thumb, but when a gardener is growing a plant, like a rose bush or maybe an apple tree or some kind of fruit tree or maybe a grapevine, they're going to be really careful to care for that plant. Why, why is a gardener so careful? Here's why. Because seasons change. Conditions change, the sun changes, the temperature changes. But with every change, the gardener works so hard to ensure that the plant is getting what it needs in that environment, in that condition, to thrive in that ever-changing situation. Now, don't miss this. Part of the process also of caring for plants is the pruning process. And since the whole goal of taking or having a plant is to provide maximum fruit, then the plant needs to be positioned, or the plant basically needs position to, to change to withstand the whole changing environment that is going to be experiencing in each season. Which means, and this is the tough part, we're going to talk about this more toward the end of our talk, which means cutting off like dead branches and even pruning what looks like healthy. Alive branches becomes very important if that vine or that tree is going to be fruitful. Why? Because here's why. Good branches and, and even branches that are alive, I mean, if you think about it that way, they, they can take away from other branches that have ability to bear fruit. I mean, think about it this way. Branches that are alive, 
They look like they're like life-giving kind of branches, but they're not fruit-bearing. Does anybody know what those are called? Those are called what on a, on a tree or on a vine? They're called a what? A sucker branch, right? And it'll just suck the life from other good life-giving fruit. Now, here's the thing. Just like letting them grow takes life away from other branches so that we can have better fruit, the gardener knows, listen, we've got to clip away those suckers so that the other fruit or the other branches can bear better fruit. Leaving them on that tree will take away nutrition from what is yet to come. And that's a pretty powerful thing because, see, none of us like that pruning process going in our life. So for a plant to maintain growth in and out of each season, that plant has to be prepared in each season so that it gets the maximum nutrition to the right areas so that it can provide fruit-bearing capabilities to the vines that are life-giving, which means a plant produces more fruit when the nutrition is directed to the fruit production. Now, why is that important for us to know? Why do we spend time right there? Because that is the setup for Jesus' next statement. Because he's about to take this whole vine and branch illustration that he's giving to his disciples, and he's going to apply it to you, and he's going to apply it to me. Notice what he says next. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And then he comes back to that statement. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, here's what Jesus is saying. The branch is designed to bear fruit. It can't do it on its own. So it must remain like fully connected to the vine. Why? Because the vine, I mean, when we really, it seems oversimplified, but the vine is a source of nutrition. The vine is a source of life. And just like a branch of a vine, if you think about it, we will never maintain the life that is fully alive if we detach at any level from our source of existence. See, nutrition is necessary for fruit. Connection is necessary for fruit. So if you remove the branch from the vine, it dies, it withers. It only becomes like good for firewood or something like that. But if you leave that branch attached to the vine and even have to prune it sometimes, it can produce fruit. That is the, if you stop and think about it, it is the only way for a branch to produce fruit. So if we desire a life full of fruit, we absolutely must stay connected to the source. Let, let me help you understand that by using this cell phone right here, okay? You know, when you really look at the technology that we hold in our hands, I mean, like, with like a cell phone, I mean, it is so significant. It is so powerful. I mean, this little device right here, it can absolutely produce amazing results. I mean, compared to what, you know, these things could do years ago, it is absolutely amazing, isn't it? But there's a catch, the only way for this little cell phone to be useful is if it has what? Power. So what we do is we plug in our phones so that they can function as they were intended. We plug them in, we charge them up so they can function, so they can function as they were intended. In fact, the manufacturers, they know this. It's why your phones are so aggravating as the battery is about to go dead. I mean, that's why they give so many warnings as it gets closer and closer to the battery. Because here's the, what the manufacturer knows. This phone is only as good as its charge. See, we think about it this way. We charge our phones 
so our phones can be fully alive. We connect our phones to a power source so that they can be fully alive. And see, that's Jesus' solution to experiencing a fully alive life, no matter what life brings our way. I mean, God never promised that life would be easy. In fact, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. You're going to have troubles. But here's what he does promise. He promises that if we stay connected to the power source, his grace and the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and self-control can be evident in and through our life even when life isn't easy. In fact, what Jesus is really saying in this illustration is this. We remain fruitful when we remain connected. In season and out of season. When life is easy, when life is anything but easy. When things are going our way, when things are not going our way. And since the seasons of our lives are constantly changing, and, and we all know that. All you have to do is look at your last year, and, and you know that. And on giving connection to a life-giving source is essential if we're going to experience Peace and joy and love and patience and self-control. I mean, you have to stay connected to the power source. And as Gavin said in the first week, Jesus is the gate. Apart from Jesus as the source of life, I mean, think about it this way. We are left to navigate in ever-changing circumstances all alone. And here's the truth. We have no idea what life is going to bring us next. We have no idea what trouble awaits us around the corner. We have no idea what is in the future that is just going to suck the life right out of us, leaving us dead and withering if we are not connected to the power source. See, what Jesus is saying is this. Fully alive is fully available. But to maintain fully alive, we must maintain our connection to Jesus as the provider of all the fruit of life. So the big challenge for us in 21st century is to stay connected. And here's what the good news is. Maintaining that connection is probably not as difficult as many of you might believe it is. Now, if you grew up in church world like I did, you most likely heard this little phrase, this two-word phrase, spiritual disciplines. Now, just hearing, I remember like the first time I heard that phrase, I mean, spiritual disciplines, it just sounded miserable. You know, it sounded like somebody saying, you need to do your chores, but kind of worse than that even, you know? Because, I mean, here's my thing. I hated doing chores growing up. I mean, I hate, I mean, like, first thing we were supposed to do when we got out of bed was make the bed, you know? And then we had all these other chores, like take out the trash, cut the grass, you know, feed the animals, weed the garden. And for us, the garden went like a little bitty bed garden that you make nowadays. It was like two, three, four acres sometimes, you know? And, and many of you, like me, I mean, like, you hated chores, and then, like, you come along and you hear this thing called spiritual disciplines, and, and you, you think of, well, man, remaining connected to God, ugh, it kind of feels like chores, but worse. And so what happens for many of us, we get into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and then we're like, but to maintain or to sustain the fruit of the Spirit, it only happens through chores, but worse. 
So our mindset becomes, well, like the fruit of the Spirit would then only be possible if, like, if I got up before the sun and read my Bible for like an hour and then got on my knees and prayed for like two or three hours and then I fast at breakfast. And, you know, that, that, that's kind of what like remaining felt like to many of us. Or if maybe even some of you right now is what it feels like. And some of you even have this mindset like, if I miss my devotion, then my day or my life is at risk. And God's not going to take care of me and God's not going to provide me and God's not going to like me anymore. I mean, that's... That, that's not what God had in mind at all. In fact, here's really what God had in mind, and this is what Jesus was saying here in John chapter 15. He's really saying this. Remaining is about connecting. Now, if you grew up in church world, you've also heard people say something like this. Well, we just want to go deeper with God. And I kind of understand what they mean by that. And the reality, though, is kind of like our high school students heard the other week in Inside Out. God doesn't want you to go deeper with him. God wants you to get closer to him. It's not about going deeper. It's about getting closer. It's all about this thing called connecting. And connecting ultimately is all about our dependence on God. See, a branch that is fruitful, it really recognizes its dependence on the vine. A a phone, okay, that is going to fully function, be fully alive, recognizes its dependence on the charger. And we, as Christ followers, we need to recognize our dependence on him if we're going to have the fruit that we desire to have in our life, regardless of the circumstance or the situation that is around us. So the question becomes this, how do we weave or how do we practically weave into our daily rhythm this whole thing of remaining connected so that we can be fully alive, so that we can experience the fruit of God's goodness of love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and meekness and self-control no matter what is going on around us, no matter what is happening. How do we remain connected? Well, I want to give you two things about remaining connected. The first one is this, is you just need to talk with him. Literally every day, you, you just need to pray a little. Now, there's going to be some days when that's easy, and there's going to be some days when life is so difficult, and it's giving you such a hard blow that you're like, I'm just kind of angry at you, God. I don't even know if I want to talk to you. And that's understandable, and God understands that. I mean, God can handle any emotion that you have, and, and he just wants you to tell him about it. But the goal is that you just talk with him a little bit every day, talking to God about your day, what you're feeling. Because see, here's what prayer really is. If you've, if you've had any kind of misconceptions about prayer, let me just um, size it down to this. Prayer really is all about getting closer to God. That's what it is. It's just about having a conversation, remaining connected with God. So how do you pray? Well, you just thank him for what you have. I mean, you express your dependence on him. I mean, you just say, you know, thank you, God, for this, and then simply share what's on your mind. And so one of the things that I do throughout the day is, like, if I start having conversations in my head, I'm not going to ask you to raise your head, hand on that, how many of you have conversations in your head during the day, because we pretty much all do, right? Just turn those into a conversation with God. Because here's what I know. Every one of us, we try to overcomplicate this prayer thing with all kinds of formulas and all kinds of processes. And, and we complicate it so much. And it's like we're trying to get this certification in godliness. Well, if I could pray a certain way, then they'll give me, God will reach down from heaven and give me the certification. No, 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 no. He's like, I, I just want to be connected to you. I just want you to remain. I just want you to abide. 
So prayer is really just talking to him, just being honest. Because here's the thing, God already knows what's going on in your life. He just wants to hear from you directly. It's kind of like you as a parent. You know, oftentimes you know what's going on in your child's life, and you could kind of lean into that and force it out of them, and the conversation just wouldn't be the same as if your children come to you and say, hey, here's what's going on in my life, and they just open up their heart, and then you engage in the conversation, right? Isn't that conversation so much more connecting when your children initiate it? And that's kind of the same way with God. The conversation with God is so much more connecting when we initiate it because it's about connecting. And the second thing is, you just need to read about him every day. And once again, don't overthink this. I mean, you don't like need to read through the Bible by Thursday of this week, you know, to be connected with God. But, but you should some every day, and you just kind of do it as you can if you're a morning person, midday person, evening person, whenever is best for you. And I'm going to tell you something. Reading scripture has never been easier. It has never been easier. In fact, one of the things I would challenge you to do, on your mobile device, you should download this app right here, the YouVersion Bible app, okay? I'm telling you, you can read, you can listen, you can watch, and you can even share. But I'm just telling you, every day you can sign up for devotionals that will come to you every day. If you're struggling, if you got, you got some anxiety going on, some worry, some fear, some financial things, I mean, some relationship stuff, there are so many different devotional plans that can be, and, and I'll just tell you this, make sure that you get the notifications sent to you as well. Okay, the reminders and notifications, and I'll talk to you about that in, in just a moment. But the reality is, I tell people, there's no reason not to know about the Bible. Because, I mean, there's even little videos on there that will take a, a whole book of the Bible that you've never been, been able to understand. And in five or six minutes, just give you a great understanding. Then when you sit down to read it, it's like, wow, this is what it means. So let me kind of help make this easy. Last week we gave you a tool. This week I want to give you a tool as well. And that is this. Every time you plug your phone in, here's what I challenge you to do. Say a quick prayer of dependence to God. Every time you plug your electronic device in, that phone, most of you, and some of you, this is going to be two or three times, and I can't even get this thing to plug in now, okay? But here's the deal. But every time you plug your phone in, okay, just say a prayer. Just talk to him, all right? And then once you sign up, for you version, as I said, sign up to receive notifications and reminders and let them come to you so that it reminds you, I need to stay connected by talking to him and by reading about him. And I promise you, if you do that, all of a sudden, no matter what's going on in your day, because you've been in conversation with him, because you've been talking to him and reading about him, there's going to be things that he's going to say to you through your prayers and through your reading that you'll go, wow, I can't believe the amount of peace I have in this really difficult situation. I can't believe the amount of joy that I have in this very difficult situation. I can't believe the amount of patience that I'm having in this very difficult trial. I can't believe the amount of love I'm experiencing in this very unlovely situation. Now, before we run off and start praying and reading, I just want to tell you something. As Every time we plug our phones in, I want to tell you something. What quickly happens when people start this is, is there's an enemy. There's a pitfall that begins to happen in our life. And, and we fall prey to this, this trap, really, and it's called our pride. See, our pride makes us somehow believe that we can produce fruit on our own or that the fruit in our life is because of us. And so while remaining attached to the vine 
to receive, for a plant to receive or a branch to receive nutrition, remaining attached to vine means that there, there's going to be some occasional pruning in our life. And, and, and pruning is painful. I remember the thing that, you know, we said a, a, a branch that looks like it's life-giving, but it's just a lie, but it doesn't bear fruit. It's a sucker and it needs to be removed. Well, as you get into God's word and prayer, there, there are going to be some suckers in your life that God's going to go in there and want to clip those things. And that's going to be painful, and your pride is going to resist that. Because, see, whenever we come across a truth from God's Word, and we're either not living it out, or, you know, we're doing something different than what God says, we're forced to make a choice. And really what pruning is, it's really moving in the direction that God wants us to go in. And so pruning is always going to involve making some change. And I'm going to tell you something. Whenever God's word speaks to you and you need to make a change, your pride is going to want to push back on that. But you know where pride really shows up in this whole process, and that is this? The closer you get to God, the better life gets. Not, not all your circumstances get better necessarily, but the better life gets because you're experiencing love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and self-control in the middle of difficult circumstances. You see, the reality is following Jesus will make you better at life, and it makes your life better. And what happens is life gets better because we're experiencing more of the fruit of God's goodness in our life. We forget that we are dependent on God. See, that's why so many people start out this journey with God, and then life starts getting better, and they quit reading their Bible, they quit praying, they quit being involved in the church. Because, see, when life gets good, we, we tend to forget why. When, when circumstances kind of start moving in our favor, we, we tend to forget how they got there. When our emotions get stabilized because we have love and joy and peace, we, we forget how it happened. See, it's like, kind of like this. When you see like a branch that is just kind of like busting at the seams with like this grape or this grapevine, it's just got all these grapes. It, it really, you tend to forget how all that got there. Because there was a different season when that vine was, or that vine was being fertilized and and prune back, and all these things that had to happen. And we forget that when the season of fruit comes. In the same way in our lives, we tend to forget in the season of fruit our need for being connected to Jesus. We easily forget our dependence when our life starts being fruitful. Here's the point. If you're willing to remain connected, I mean, that's bottom line. If you're willing to remain connected, you're positioning yourself to experience fully alive, full-time. But it only happens with a connection. So I want you to imagine, I want you to imagine your life just fully alive with the fruit of God's goodness in every situation, in every season. I mean, think about this. Having a peace that surpasses understanding in situations where there should be no peace. Experiencing love that is unconditional. And rather than like reacting to everything that happens to you, discovering patience as your response. I mean, you got gentleness in all your interactions, self-control in every area of your life. See, think about it. That's what God wants for you. That's what Jesus was saying when he says, I've come that you could have life and you could have it more abundantly. That's what's available. See, that's... Jesus' statement, but there's an opposition to that. Look at this verse again. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full.
And when Jesus says this, he's not thinking part-time. He's not thinking when life is easy or when your kids are healthy or when you get that dream job. I mean, he wasn't even thinking like, eventually this will happen for you when you're in heaven. He means right now, in every situation and in every circumstance, fully alive is fully available to every one of us full-time. It can be the experience of your life. It's just not something that you have to experience at different times. So here is the big idea. We can remain fruitful, but only when we remain connected. So the choice to living fully alive, it's yours. And so this week, let this be a reminder. Every time you plug in your phone to be charged, remind yourself that this phone can only be fully alive when it's connected to the power source or because it's connected to the power source. And the same thing is true in your life and my life. We can only remain fully alive and experience the fruit of the goodness of God in our life full time when we remain connected. Two things you do. You talk to him and you read about him. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for um, just this incredible illustration that Jesus gave us. And then, God, I, I thank you that we even have like a 21st century illustration that we're involved in all, every day. God, some of us are plugging in our phones, doing three times a day to renew the charge. And I pray that every student, every man, every woman right here, right now will make the commitment to say, God, I choose to live fully alive, full time. I want to experience that. And I know the way to do that is to remain connected to the vine. And so I'm going to talk and I'm going to read and I'm going to let every time I charge my phone be a reminder. I need to be engaged in that. And then, Heavenly Father, I pray that as our life begins to experience the fruit, the goodness of God in our lives, the fruit of the Spirit, that we won't forget that the reason that we're experiencing your goodness is because we are connected. And so I pray today our commitment will be to remain connected. And God, you said we do that. Fully alive is fully available full time. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks for this wonderful life that we can have through Jesus Christ. Amen.